Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Hitchens Razor. So this episode is going to be one of a similar format where Vinod and I thought it was a good idea to catch up twice in a month and save all the interesting things that we see online or we read read something in a newspaper or since we're in two separate geographies, Vinod's sitting in the UK in Manchester to be specific and I am in India, Bangalore. Uh, so we anyway used to catch up on 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 and laugh about things that happened and we f- whatever we found very interesting in geopolitics if it was movies or books so we thought it would be a great idea to just just share that with all of you and welcome you to this discussion uh, as well so this is going to be a the, the format of this is quite straightforward you don't have to expect a long form podcast here it's going to be somewhere around 20 to 30 minutes, maximum 40 if it's a very eventful uh, two weeks. Uh, but if not, it's going to be somewhere around this timeline. So without further ado, I'll I'll have Vinod take a stab at this and, and tell me some of the interesting things that he's found so far. And then I will share with Vinod and all of y'all what I've found for two weeks that, that I thought was quite interesting. So Vinod... Right. Uh, thank you. So, one of the interesting things that happened in past two weeks was that I got a new microphone because uh, someone was nagging me continuously to buy uh, a microphone for the podcast. So, I got Razer Saren Mini. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a no- nonsense microphone. Gets the job done. Uh, nice and easy. It's a US- USB microphone. Just you know, connect it to your computer, use your recording software, boom. Uh, plug and play. So this is the first episode. Yeah, plug and play. The first episode that we are, that I am recording uh, with a new microphone. Um, and also we got some nice feedback from the first season uh, about the content and very honest, constructive criticism about my, my, my microphone. So thought it would be wise to address that during the Black Friday, which happened last week in the UK. So, yay. Excited about this. Hopefully, you are also excited about Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I, and the outputs, the outputs a lot better than I think um, what I was used to hearing. So, having said that, why don't you continue? Apart from the microphone, what else do you think was quite interesting that you found? Twitter, social media, red and nice. What, <laughs> what do you see? Since... Since you mentioned Twitter, there was something that happened in uh, Twitter last week. That's uh, Stephen Fry mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, what? Why? Due to the ongoing fiasco around Twitter, I suppose it's just. I think it's just too much these days, isn't it? To pay whatever the monthly free and whatnot. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense for us because. Uh, uh, we are not going to pay anyway. Exactly. And we don't want the blue tick or gray tick. There are different colored ticks these days representing different levels of uh, popularity, I suppose. But, but There is but, definitely but, some sort of madness around Twitter that's happening yeah. these days. Don't you think this is an elite level problem though? <laughs> this is the elite. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> just, it just does not bother us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's, uh, I'm still following all the football memes. That's primarily yeah. these days what I use Twitter for because of the World Cup at least. Oh, the memes are hilarious, honestly. Just, oh, uh, God. Um, 
especially you know that that uh, meme from the uh, simpsons where a character kicks out someone and then he reappears behind him <laughs> yeah so yeah. because the the group games are about to uh, finish mm-hmm. and uh, some of these are extremely mathematical in terms of uh, who would qualify right. so the is the goals goal difference or goals forced accepted or number of halo cards or things like that mm-hmm. so Yeah, it's an interesting place if, still, if but have, I don't know what's going to happen sum, in the future. If you have to sum sum up the whole FIFA thing so far, because I've not been following a whole lot apart from the major upsets that happened, where Saudi Arabia defeated Argentina, and then I think Japan defeated Germany. Way to go, Axis powers! Mm. Uh, but uh, but uh, how would you summarize it so far? Like, who who are your top uh, four picks for the semis? Who do you think is doing well? Uh, any surprises? It's, it's, it, I think it's going to be uh, more surprises in the the round of 16 as well because in the group stages it, itself there were so many upsets. Of course um, you saw Germany's out of the uh, competition oh, Belgium really? the so-called They're yeah done? Germany's out. Oh shit. Yeah. Ge- Belgium is out so-called golden generation of Belgium right. yeah, they fell flat. Yeah. Um what will happen morocco topped the group japan topped the group spain was out for 3 minutes total mm. then germany saved them by scoring more against costa rica that was yesterday otherwise spain would have gone and, out as uh, gone, gone out as well yeah 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 oh damn yeah, yeah. what else happened uh, uh, argentina they came back from being down in the first game against saudi arabia and then saudi arabia finished last i think in the end mm. but i think they played well to be honest right. uh, the passing and everything was good just that they didn't have a good lethal attack uh, that cutting edge was missing so but i do think they played well and i was happy about japan because uh, they never give up they do they they have yep. this indomitable spirit of achieving things that they care about mm. um which was great to be honest france looks pretty strong okay a uh, proper defense and then world class attack then brazil is also strong mm. um i thought croatia was doing well there So pick They pick top 4 pick top 4 top 4 who do you think will uh, land up in the semis Well it's pretty hard but I think uh, there is a chance for France Brazil Argentina mm. and my uh, I, I don't know probably Japan I hope Japan okay. or Croatia um or england england played well <laughs> i completely forgotten about england sorry yeah england's also playing uh, pretty well so it's going to be among them i, I don't know there there's going to be upset 100% right right okay what else fifa microphone and then 1984 what a book what an amazing piece of literature yeah it was written in 1949 mm. and then you know history that followed has close relation to what was predicted in 1949 by George Orwell. Right. Amazing, it's just brilliant. I mean, of course, I mean, I felt a bit guilty that I it took so long for me to read it. Mm. Um part of the reason was it was so hyped I thought initially. Mm. Um so that's completely because of my ignorance. No, it's not just that it's all, it it's also it you is. you have this habit of if I tell something's good you're just like <laughs> screw it it must be bad right? So I think that bias kicked <laughs> into you as well when I was telling you that it's an awesome book it's an awesome book it's an awesome book. So I think I think that would have kicked into. 
Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably that's the reason as well because I've I've seen that book sitting in in your bookshelf. I remember you picking up to I I remember you picking up the book to read it sometime during the initial months of the pandemic. But I don't I don't think you got to finish finish it, right? Yeah, I did not uh, finish it. Uh, yeah. I actually I didn't even read it. I just picked up the book and then. read the back cover and that's pretty much it mm. but recently it's because of christopher hitchens you know because he had written an uh, essay i think about why orwell matters mm. in current scenario and then uh, you can't get away without an orwellian reference in every quite true uh, every literature or uh, any article or a speech or a podcast there is always a reference to Or- orwell and then it's it's kind of impossible to get away without knowing quite true um without knowing some of the lines or the thoughts mentioned mm. in 1984 mm. when you read that for the first time and that's just phew, i couldn't keep keep my kindle down yeah. um so and and was like notes notes you know highlight things highlight things yeah. and it's it's that it's that thing when you know someone else is someone else is summarizing all our thoughts yeah uh, not all our thoughts obviously some of them which has uh, formed in a a um, misaligned manner in our head and then it's all you know how, how i say you know all the electrons are looking in a different direction and you apply voltage it all aligns properly yeah and uh, like that a uh, feeling like that happened so i mean for- and there is a book inside book isn't it like yeah, yeah. Uh, the book by goldstein that's just oof yeah. that's just honestly it was a brilliant i mean i mean inside, so, so, so. It, in the sense what for me what was uh, what was really good is that like Uh, in a sense there, there are three books uh, that are considered classics as far as dystopian novels are consider- concerned so obviously there's 1984 then there's uh, fahrenheit 451 and then there's brave new world right so when i like if you read the other two uh, i thoroughly enjoyed fahrenheit 451 okay it's don't get me wrong it's a it's a great book but that the, my imagination was just so much more vivid when it was 1984 because the details are just so brilliant like with yeah. fahrenheit 451 i i am making a picture of the character you know like i i know this is how his room looks and i i can kind no, of no i have not read it okay kindly don't spoil anything no, no, for I me won't. and then so, or i'll have to fly out to india and kill you no 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 but, uh, but my point is with 1984 it's just so vivid that your your you know your brains just like you you can really picture um you know every every character that's explored in the in in the in the novel so yeah i mean i i could imagine living in a 1 bhk uh, with this tv and there's probably this camera looking at me and and me trying to like hide and it's so vivid yeah. and it's so talk vivid. about that uh censorship and surveillance Correct. i think fahrenheit 451 is about that surveillance and extra censorship isn't it like no it's going fa- too far I, no, anyway, no no you read let, that you let's read that let's yeah let's keep that for yeah. another day after you read it yes yeah fair game um so yeah there is i think this i probably told you that uh, the number of cameras mm. per 1000 people is somewhere around 340 in china at the moment mm. um in in a i think it is in beijing or yeah. some city yeah so uh talk about safety but it's still you know invasion of privacy it um, is someone is looking into your private life you have 340 cameras per yeah per 1000 people and second was india but it was somewhere around 46 mm. and uh, even with the population it is you can justify to an extent but then again 
it's not going to come down is it it's not going to be gonna go you know up. 250 cameras yeah. next year yeah. it's going to go go up yeah. so you don't know what's the and, and games going to and be and you know the worst part is um like at least i don't know what what it is in china but as far as at least india is concerned people are excited to have more security cameras that they privately install i mean again it can mm. be for surveillance or whatever but people just feel that oh if i have a security camera i know if this guy is going to scratch my car if this guy is going to nick my car and stuff like that without knowing that government can get access to those tapes it's not right. necessarily <laughs> your footage so uh, apart from the public sector or the the state owned cameras there are a lot more private cameras as well for their own whatever reasons that they justify and some of them are justifiable uh, reasons to have cameras so i don't know it's a crazy thing but but it's it's nice that you brought up china because those were my two talking points with china like especially with the whole privacy thing do you do you have you been following any commentary there with the whole qr code and the zero covid policy and the amount of protests that are happening in china hmm yeah yeah to this again it's uh... gone no the qr code thing is just madness so if it's like once you are integrated to that electronic system via wechat all your payments and everything uh, so if you have to enter a mall if you have to enter an office you've got to show your qr code and if your qr the basically those qr codes are classified as three colors red yellow and green if it's a green it's not a problem if it's yellow that means you have to take an rt pcr test and if it's red you're supposed to be quarantined and this you, you see people being dragged out of their houses um, if if they have a red qr and the algorithm is program programmed in such a way that uh, if you stand next to a person within half a mile of radius who is in the red qr automatically your qr turns red so you see as soon as mm-hmm. a p- person who logs in into a mall and if there is a notification that this guy has a red qr everybody in the mall is just running out just running Mm. because they don't want to be anywhere close to this person because their qr code automatically turns red and so for the first time after the tiananmen square you see this huge amount of protests that that's happening in china and i think yeah. this also has to do a little bit of you know a little bit with the policy and the the new found aggression that xi jinping's brought up i don't know if i told you about this but oh i i am pretty sure i didn't tell you about this Have you seen that video where Xi Jinping is talking to Justin Trudeau on the sidelines of uh, the G20? Yeah, yeah, in the COP twenty seven. Yeah, the COP. Not, I don't know if it's a COP twenty or the G twenty in. Uh, yeah, in it Asia. was COP twenty seven. It was COP twenty seven. Okay, and he just, yeah. he just, you know, like schools him, like as though this teacher was talking to a student. You know, this, this is not acceptable. And then, it, I that was, I think, in terms of like diplomatic. uh mishaps that's got to be in the number top 5 at least you know like in in recent times because i mean it was a very rare moment that you get to see two leaders disagreeing like that and that to quite brazenly yeah. and and i felt g was quite assertive you know he didn't hold back i think there is a obvious age gap isn't it uh, between uh, those two yeah. and i saw the video and you know obviously 
it was not pretentious from G. He sorry, G. He was not even trying to be diplomatic at that point, isn't it? Yeah. He's just that's a nature coming out of a human being. Whereas uh, he was really pissed. Uh, Trudeau is still acting as if uh, he cares about diplomacy and yeah. whatnot, and then <laughs> the words is then again politically correct, just being a true Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's uh, uh, no, but full points for him to keep his composure, no. I thought he was at least Yeah for me I was just Yeah. Yeah I was just thinking if uh, if uh, he is you know behaving that way towards uh, the premier of another country. Yeah. And how would be how would he be behaving towards uh, his own people? Mm. And probably his own staff or whatever you know what I mean when he has the ultimate power in that country. Mm. Um makes one think then again uh, you know talk about bureaucracy and it's uh, Uh, mishandlings over the year sometimes you need that sort of diplomacy as well right yeah uh, that's true otherwise you are exposed so blatantly which is yeah what we saw in that mm. uh, brief but, encounter but, between but, those but, two but you know i think that was done intentionally in the sense she wanted people, really yeah i think so that's that's my opinion because look something like that doesn't get leaked okay and it was somebody from the two diplomatic circles and see for all you know the canadians wouldn't have leaked it because it would have been it would have been such a you know red face moment for them why do you mean it's leaked it's a public platform there no, are all kind no, of no. reporters I, and everyone the video in itself was some someone from that within that circle what i feel is just before this incident happened justin trudeau went and gave this press conference in the evening saying that oh the mm-hmm. chinese are inter- there are reports that the chinese are interfering with our democracy and so on and so forth and so that's what he holds him up on the next day that this is unacceptable something that we discuss in mm-hmm. in private cannot be leaked to the press so i think he wanted the world to see that you know this is a line that we don't cross in diplomacy that that if you are willing to do it fair game i am willing to do this as well that's what i think could be could be yeah anyway it's fine i think it's uh, whatever we speculate it's not going to change each other's minds so but yeah that was quite an incident that that kind of did shake the world a bit yeah um orals is on your plate then um the other thing that was on my plate is how fascinating gorillas are i've been it's been over a month okay and i've been watching a lot of uh, videos about the silverback gorillas and they're just like a fascinating species they're super fascinating they're part of the you know the the super primates they have these rat so most biologists kind of say that um you know if you if you look at our jaw and our teeth structure we can figure out what sort of food that we were supposed to eat so if you have canines um you would mostly be a carnivore or an omnivore but if you were a herbivore you would have a lot more molars and stuff like that but here's this gorilla that's got fangs like canines right but it's a it's a vegetarian mm-hmm. like it goes against that that basic thumb rule um they're not as smart as chimps apparently but i feel they're a lot more cool calm and collected they're not i mean mm-hmm. they are aggressive 
but they're not they're aggressive only for like territorial things but they're not aggressive like chimps like you know that you have this army of chimps and chimps can live i think up to like 75 in a troop or something of that sort but gorillas mm-hmm. usually live with a maximum of 11 11 gorillas in a pack so they're smaller in terms of group and stuff like that but every single video that i've seen including like gorillas on the wild they're not they're not necessarily the ones to like attack or kill unnecessarily they're like these mm-hmm. gentle giants so it's just fascinating to me that that creature can just exist man like yeah you remember that there was one video about some gorilla was shot dead because yeah. a baby harambe. fell into harambe i was yeah uh-huh. i was going to that freaking hell dude like every single biologist who went through that video dude harambe was a hero man like he was all he was trying to do was being that protective father figure to that kid and he was he was just sad that you know people were shouting people were throwing stuff at the gorilla but harambe thought that they were throwing mm. stuff at the kid you know so he goes on top of the kid and has this you know protects it and all mm-hmm. he was trying to do was you know make the kid stand up on the feet and he didn't know how to handle a baby obviously so he pulls him mm-hmm. first and then the kid starts crying so then he's even more confused that oh my god what did i just do this just starts crying even more so then he becomes ever so gentle and then he drags the kid towards the enclosure where there is a gate you know where where the mm-hmm. people who give the food could actually take the kid away um mm. the enclosure door basically for the zookeepers to get in he drags the kid there and he's he's again he has that posture of being protective but they shoot him dude and mm-hmm. i don't know if any instance has made me feel so sad you know at a, at a loss of at a loss of life like there's something so gentle about the, i mean i mean i don't know I, I probably probably have to look up how many human beings gorillas have killed that would be an interesting statistic look cuz every other animal like right. bears chimpanzees monkeys monkeys are just horrible you know they will bite you they will they'll rip a skull out of this guy's head and all of that but how many such instances have happened with gorillas is a very very interesting thing that we'd find i don't think they're they're those first aggressors you know right Hmm. But imagine you you confronted right, one in the wild man. You know that David Attenborough uh videos about him cuddling a gorilla being very close to it but uh, then that's it said that those gorillas are used to rangers being uh, next to them. Okay. The wild uh, the ones in the wild you it, mean? Yeah, in the wild in the wild oh, yeah. Damn. Um yeah, I, I think it's from that Planet Earth series I'm not quite sure. I recently watched one of those uh the one that came up recently it says kind of my testimonial about planet earth and it shows uh, this is on netflix journey from the beginning it's on it's on netflix okay. yeah from the beginning and then uh, shows how it changed and that's beautiful and definitely will make you think at some point you need to do something but but they show uh, the gorillas yeah, there that's in yeah they show the gorillas as well yeah okay dude i know about even this even carl pilkington mm-hmm. uh, you know he goes on this one of these trips to yeah. see gorillas and then they try to recreate that david attenborough uh moment right. and so that's very interesting 
anyway uh, but just that harambe episode just makes me sad so let's move on from gorilla have, have you watched that video though no nah, I, i couldn't oh you no no they don't sh- i saw the picture where no, he's yeah. the the gorilla is trying to lift up and then yeah. from that moment it's dude i mean see just, on the internet you don't you don't get the video where they shoot the gorilla there is you don't see that but there's the series of matter, events you know you can at least you know you, you can imagine then what's going to happen so. yeah but you know it just uh, breaks your heart man it breaks your heart like so much so because you know he was doing the right thing all along and you can see it even if you're not like a biological expert all right let's move on let's move on yeah. let's move on okay <sighs> yeah harambe rest in peace brother rest in power like the blm folks say so, uh, so i finished uh, peaky blinders the season yeah mm. how is it the final season how is it? Uh, what do you think about it i think uh, the killian murphy's acting is consistent that's good i think <laughs> i think that's cuz i think that's cuz how he is in real life i i think he's exactly that i don't think he's acting <laughs> i think he's just that that's what he is the only acting he's done But is when he was playing scarecrow in batman or something of that sort <laughs> but otherwise okay. he's just that Oh, he is uh, in the next Nolan movie. Um, he is uh, Oppenheimer. Yep, yep. I saw the. I saw the. Yeah, I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet. Then, but I think Peaky Blinders is a steady decline, isn't it? From yep. the first season towards the end, it's quite true. Yes, I made but a I, joke about that. Say, hmm. say, uh, Thomas Shelby, Tommy Shelby lives uh, long enough, but he becomes fat in the old age. What do you call him? no idea tummy shelby oh freaking <laughs> shit that was a shit joke <laughs> i know it was just absolute pathetic joke what uh, it came to me and then i had to share didn't i but uh, yeah another another, another interesting conversation i had was with this american dude that i met he was from new jersey and um I I was I was talking to him about the general state of affairs in in the US and what he kind of thought about um uh, uh, what's happened to the country he had very interesting things to say um so I think I should probably share this podcast with him when when you know give him credits uh, he he's Ben Hawes um and I kind of met Ben and then I was discussing what he thought about uh, the dis- disintegration of the american society as we see it so i was telling him from the outside this was one it was one democracy that i think even india looked up to in terms of the democratic values it espoused and stuff like that at least 30 years ago 20 years ago or even 10 years ago and you know that those kind of values peaked i think in 2008 with the election of obama i think a lot of indians drew hope, you know hope and inspiration from that election as well and cut to 10 years later it's all fallen apart <laughs> and all it took was a decade and so you know and there are there are no more people on the center of the political spectrum there it's just super binaries there's no bill clinton style democrat and there's no george bush style republican you know who are who are i think a lot more center in their respective parties though they were democrats and republicans and yeah he had a lot of lot of fun things to say about that and then he was also telling about how this excess consumerism there um is mad to the point that you know people struggle to save like $5000 in their bank account and i was looking at the indian average savings rate right and then if you re- if you look up that statistics is just crazy um so 
in 2008 when the recession hit in, in not a lot happened to india right and if you look at why that happened the average savings rate for an american household is 3% of the annual income right but if you look at the average savings rate of an indian household it is 37% of the annual income and so this is just crazy dude like i think and he was telling about how and and i think that country is on that country's capitalism on steroids i don't even think it's capitalism it's unfair to call it capitalism right it's it's just consumerism and mass that's what it is right like it's easier to buy meals than to cook meals and that is a red flag hmm that's true i think um, i have seen people go mad during this black friday deals and then they are restless to be honest and they are just consistently worrying about uh, uh being missed out of the deals that's appearing on these online sites curiouser and curiouser isn't it yeah go ahead but anyway uh, uh i finished inimitable jeeves mm. by pg woodos nice amazing it's just honestly it's just one of the funniest But don't writing. don't don't ruin it. Okay. don't ruin it for me. I am reading that right now. So I did you a favor by oh, okay. not going for Fahrenheit four five one. So just give the listeners a broad uh, review of what you thought the book was. No, it's fair game. I think it's oh, okay. I won't spoil anything. There's nothing to spoil, to yeah, be honest. Okay. But because these are more of it's comedy. Uh, individual stories, isn't it? Mm. Uh, recurring characters, and then um, since you are reading, let's stop there. Probably we can bring that topic back. next month mm-hmm. or in the next episode whenever you finish it yeah okay then another thing that was super interesting this week was from the world of fitness that i found there mm-hmm. was this guy called liver king okay his name is brian johnson but he went popularly as liver king cuz he was very famous for eating raw liver raw testicles raw heart and all of that and he made a brand around it called the liver king mm. then he used to call these something called primal or some shit like that like he basically meant that we've got to live in the most primal form like the way our ancestors lived and all of that jazz and then he's ripped okay he's don't get me wrong he's a he's a built he's built like a beast the dude and then it just came out on all over the internet that he spent something like 12000 usd a month on steroids <laughs> so much for ancestral living right like like that modern medicine and anabolic steroids and he he earned millions dude from his brand and all he used to sell was like raw liver <laughs> you know like liver based supplements and all of that jazz and they this in america yeah yeah this is in america he hit of he had like a million followers or something of that sort and he would um, mm. say something about nine tenants of tenants of ancestral living so sleep well uh, some some stuff that can you know obviously be true that you wouldn't deny right mm. sleep well is obviously yeah. good advice it's good fitness advice it's good advice in general even if it's not fitness advice you sleep well and half your problems are sorted but he would say something like that and then he would say like oh you know eat a lot of meat mm, eat a lot of raw liver cuz the nutrient and don't cook the liver basically cuz if you cook it you lose the micronutrients something of that sort this guy used to just eat like mm. raw organs and it's very weird to watch um but he attributed all of his physical prowess to such a lifestyle 
so he would say that oh mm. you got to sleep only on a wooden plank and not like a mattress or something of that sort um but then yeah it was just basically anabolic steroids and the guy was worth like hundreds of millions of dollars but i don't know man like mm-hmm. so what what is very fascinating about this whole story is that the the snake oil salesmen still exist you know and they exist i think a lot okay. more in the internet uh, you know i thought people were stupid in the ages like you know 200 300 years ago to believe these people but i think they've just we've just gotten a lot more stupid now and it's a lot more easy for such snake oil salesmen to exist because social media just gives everybody a platform to just say whatever they want without any consequence right you know it's a political rhetoric especially in debates and such they use it yeah. uh this the huckstring snake oil salesmen talk on the pulpit uh, that's what we heard from the opposition mm. uh, but uh, to know that such things does exist in reality and of course i think superstitions exist belief exists religion exists god exists and why not say call snails when isn't it no duh no i differ from that i don't concur with that entire analysis but it's exactly obviously it's just a matter of opinion isn't it yeah it is um so um another interesting thing that i i saw in in the financial world was this man being reduced from 30 billion dollars to like Ten thousand dollars in his bank account, and he's also being prosecuted, and he might hit the jail very soon. And this is the FTX uh, meltdown. Have did you follow any of that commentary on that? No, no. What is this? I have mm. no idea. So FTX is basically the one of the second largest uh, crypto exchanges in the world, right? After Coinbase. Okay. Oh, sorry. After okay. Binance. Um. So Binance. Yeah, Binance. Okay. <laughs> is that a portmanteau of bitcoin and finance y- yeah no, that's what it is okay so these these two so this owner of uh, binance let me look him up he's like this chinese uh, origin dude um so these he was actually sam so there's this guy called uh, sbf right sam bankman fried that's his name and people used to call him sbf um so this guy had he was stanford educated you know a father is a, a a law professor mother is a famous uh um democratic party i wish she, she had close affiliations with the democratic party i mean all this comes out now i don't think people knew all of this when you know he was famous in doing well so this guy called right. chang peng zhao who's the ceo of binance he was of course a mentor to okay. this sam bankman fried and sam Bam- sam bankman fried became a billionaire by the time he was 30 while he opened uh, ftx right through ftx this crypto exchange and oh hang on uh, so this spf guy is the guy who was S- at some billions and brought down to uh, 10k not even yeah? 10k i don't know if he has 10k also right now Right. fair game yeah and then the other guy the chinese studio sits his mentor was his mentor turned uh, rival because they became competitors oh, okay. uh, this uh, ftx okay. became the competitor to binance so this okay. sam bankman-fried is a 1992 born okay and mm-hmm. stanford graduated and all of that or mit something of that sort right uh, yeah sorry mit he's from mit the other i think he's the ceo of ftx this other girl was from stanford or some shit of that sort i don't know but yeah basically this guy came to be like you know though he was a billionaire he had a lot of pr campaigning going from going for himself saying that oh he's like a very uh, charitable billionaire you know who he would just wear like um, 
you know sneakers and shorts and t-shirts for like even during when he was meeting and sitting with bill clinton and another former president in the world economic forum and apparently mm. uh, when he was uh, on a meeting with sequoia uh, sequoia capital which is a private equity firm right which was funding ftx uh, he was playing a video game while they were on call and somebody from that mm. from sequoia thought it was badass quote unquote to do it okay and they they thought it was it was a stroke of genius to not care and i was like dude what is this what is what is happening like if we if you and i for this podcast were to raise funding and we went to the bank wearing whatever sbf wore they would kick they wouldn't even let us inside the bank let alone give us the loan right and here you have private equity people like who who are supposed to be considered one of the smartest in the world in in terms of gauging what can work and what not throwing money at something that is fundamentally flawed and so this whole ftx mm-hmm. thing was a scam because this company called ftx had another uh sub firm which was considered a research firm called alameda research which was also owned by uh, this sbf guy so because ftx couldn't up like accept money is they have something like the whole sebi rules okay in the us like you can't transfer it's not a bank right basically so it mm-hmm. can't accept deposits so what people would do was send the, the money to alameda research this alameda research would create something called ftt which was a token of ftx right they created okay. their own token and so he would buy the own ftt using these dollars and so if he had some transaction to to give he would say okay take ftt instead so it was a it, uh-huh. it was like a classic ponzi scheme that's what it was but he okay. he was able to convince the world for the longest time that he was doing good until you know there were leaks that came out saying that these are governance issues that have taken place and then it just it just tanked the stock and then it came to light oh, that yeah. these guys were all living in bahamas the founder and like you know the the group of 10 they were having orgies in a polyamorous they were all in a polyamorous relationship and all of that dude it's just it's just a scam of epic proportions i think if you you should you should watch some commentary on this because it's no, i don't even understand now so the story was with this guy called sbf was brought down from many billions when he was 30 to less than 10k yeah and what did the rival chinese dude do the chinese dude just highlighted that to this is what's happening in the background and uh, he was ready so to like so it was a ponzi scheme and was, then he ratted him out yes, he said he ratted him out and then i think somewhere in between he was ready to buy out the company right um he was like okay um i think in between yeah they they was ready to buy it out for like 7 dollars or something of that sort per share and i think his team did a little bit more due diligence and they found that this was just toxic as hell like what these guys were doing like mm-hmm. you know buying their own coins with random investors so who how, how did he make that much money in the first place because of those private equity teams who were yes. impressed by his deviant yes. behavior of watching the yes yes uh, or playing the game while he was yeah, yeah. and and okay. that and then you know see once you're a listed company people people put money into it right like so you could invest in ftx it was trading on the oh, okay. on the market so your your oh, value okay. so the share degree. value correct. went up and correct. Oh, okay correct correct so yeah it was basically a ponzi scheme of epic proportions i think i think the only scheme that was probably a little bit more bigger than this was the bernie madoff scandal bernie madoff or whatever it was that was back in huh. uh, 2008 2009 yeah um but 
so so there's this movie called The Wizard of Lies. Robert De Niro plays Bernie Madoff in that. Have you watched it? Oh okay. No no I have not seen you, it. You you um, you should you should watch it. You should watch it today if you if you possibly can. Uh, I'll definitely add that to my list. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah. You okay. see, you there are multiple documentaries, okay? Multiple documentaries that you can watch with the real guy and all of that. Um, but that movie actually does does quite some justice to the uh, to all of the commentary that I've read on it. Uh, all of the YouTube that I watched. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not interested in the in the story itself. You just mentioned Robert De Niro, and I'm a huge fan, so I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, but hopefully the story would turn interesting in there dude it is because i'll tell you the total loss there was somewhere around 60 odd billion of people's money huh? uh okay. this one man scammed it one man 60 billion dude mm talking about injustice i am kind of finding it difficult to get tea from starbucks and other stores because they can't get acquainted with my pronunciation of t how do you say t by the way t yeah that's it isn't it yeah. just that simple but they could go uh, they are looking at each other like the starbucks fellas and they are like up and down like what, what oh i think i think you need to you, i think you need to say chai tea or something of that sort cuz these no nah, it's just t it's just t i don't know where is it coming how from can the I, british the first not all, say t Exactly the irony of it isn't that because it came from Assam and India and what all basically everything is from Asia and then now they're uh, confusing me with it and I had to say tea so I have just you know replaced it with earl grey which is mm. the one I want anyway so talk about injustice and irony they call it chai tea latte i don't understand for the life of me what yeah chai tea latte horrible what the actual no i don't want to use those word here the the one that i want to use is that rhymes with clucking bell yeah because Ch- chai tea uh, latte is the most sh- sh- shittiest name that anybody can think of shittiest thing yeah. in the, uh, n- not just the name it's, it's just the whole yeah, yeah. you have had that yeah, i wouldn't drink you know, that the drink itself yeah. is <laughs> honestly like you know you to get it's, uh, it's like saying i i no, drink tea tea latte like what the hell chai and tea are the same thing it no, cancels each other out no no interesting thing is you know, obviously it costs like uh, four quid or something yeah Damn. and you know you go to our shop in um tipsandra yeah. that 10 rupees lemon tea 10 bucks in it wow. oh, it is it you so when you drink chai tea latte when you drink chai tea latte it goes to your kidneys and then it comes out as piss right but that 10 bucks lemon tea goes to your soul that's where it goes to <laughs> it doesn't come out yeah. of your body it doesn't leave it just makes you a better person that's what it does that's all, that the, just, yeah, just that's that true. lemon tea <laughs> yeah if you're on the verge of suicide or like you know ending things mm. just have one tea and it'll kick start it'll rekindle your life yeah that's uh, the value of it 12 rupees on a bad day mm. 10 rupees on a good day and you're sorted <laughs> you're sorted that's like what sorted 10 pence in the uk yeah it's uh, 10 pence t- less than 10p yeah less than 10p because of uh, all the yeah yeah, yeah. okay so we well over time we promised the listeners that it's going to be 40 minutes and anything we were way more than 40 minutes so close to an hour uh but this was yeah. i hope this was entertaining it was entertaining to me i don't know how how much of information/entertainment the the listeners have uh, gotten please let us know uh, yeah. please let us know please be uh, you're boring you're boring yeah please you're be boring. very vivid in your comments and then we will see you again after two weeks thanks everybody yeah. thank you very much good night have a nice one